Welcome to Recently Logged. Now dig on this. Hey, howdy, hey. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> welcome for a second time to, to recently well hey, i didn't say welcome before ah. you said welcome well that's true uh, but but hi everyone <laughs> hello uh, we're we're back again we've we returned are. we've returned yet again um <laughs> and this week we're we're talking what are we talking about we're talking about another one of my favorite films last last week we discussed the thing john carpenter's yeah. the thing the 40th anniversary and whatnot we were gonna do uh, we were gonna do an episode <laughs> on multiverse of madness today uh, which I thought was going to be funny because we did the thing in the multiverse <laughs> of madness, and I was like, "Wow, that's very Halloween themed for the middle of summer." Uh, but we we had some some last minute change of plans. We as, did. Uh, somebody requested to be on the episode with us yes. for multiverse of madness. Indeed. You can look forward to that next week. <laughs> uh, so so we changed our minds and quickly watched one of the other of like the four movies we watched yesterday. Right. Uh, yeah, but uh, today, uh, since yesterday was. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, famous director's uh, birthday. <laughs> famous director. Famous director. <laughs> Since it was his birthday yesterday, um, we decided we would talk about one of his movies, and this week we're talking about Licorice Pizza, his most recent directorial work. Yeah. As of recording this. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite director. Go figure. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Yeah, do you want to get into it? Let's Let's do it. All right, so as we said just a couple seconds ago, uh, today we're talking about Licorice Pizza, a 2021 film, rated R, <gasps> is two hours and 13 minutes. Its little IMDb description is the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through treacherous nav- <laughs> the treacherous navigation of first love in San Fernando Valley, yeah, 1973. 73, baby. Uh, it was nominated for, for three Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Achievement in Directing, and uh, Best Original Screenplay. It should have won something. Uh, it won none of them. It won nothing. How, how did it win nothing? Uh, it should have won Best Original Screenplay. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> its cast uh, features Alana Haim, Cooper yes, Hoffman, yes, Sean Penn, yes. uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. He's, he's great um, in this. The, the other Heim sisters, the entire Heim family. I love that. I love that the whole Heim family is just in this. <laughs> Very funny to me. Uh, directed and written by Paul Thomas Anderson, as oh, as we stated. Uh, love that guy. I was gonna, I was gonna say score by Johnny Greenwood, but he does like one song for the whole. Yeah, I mean, he did do the score. There's just not very much of it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that is that is Licorice Pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson's most recent and maybe last film. It really did. It, did he say he was going to retire? Well, he said he was. I don't know. Oh. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> Who knows? If so, I'm, I thought uh, I'm very sad. I thought I heard something about that, but I could be wrong. He's still he's still pumping out like classics in 2021. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, yes, uh, very good movie. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right, so I mentioned that this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is currently currently sitting in my top fifty. Whoa! What do you, what do you think of it though, Micah? I obviously like um, it a lot. So so I like it a lot. Uh, I really I, I do. 
Um, it's very, very good. <laughs> I, this is this was like my third time watching it, I think. Yeah, my third time watching it. Nice. Um, and I've liked it every time. The first time I, I kind of didn't know how I felt about it. And it's just kind of like grown in my mind since then. But it's a very interesting film. Uh, I will yeah. say, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't know, it's so weird. I'm, I'm glad we'll be able to talk <laughs> about it because I, I gave it five stars, five out of five. Um, and there's not really anything I could think of that would be like I would change or anything like that. <laughs> but at the same time, there's a lot of really weird stuff in it. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting fair. to talk about. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little biased towards it, like in a good way. <laughs> um. But, like, this was the first movie I ever went and saw in a theater alone, so, like, I automatically loved it, I think. <laughs> I think I was destined to love it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I think it's... I, I don't want to say it's gotten worse every time I've watched it, because that's not correct. I think my view on it has shifted every time I've seen it. Yeah. But not all... Like, not in a bad way. Like, just the way I view it has shifted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, I really love it. I think... Uh, just general stuff that I like about it. I really love the cinematography. I mean, uh, who who was the cinematographer on this? I know Paul Thomas oh, Anderson well, I mean, was also sure. credited, but he's I don't... usually the like lately he's been the yeah yeah. I was about to say lately films. he's been he's been like co cinematographing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the term. Yeah. So cinematography by Paul Thomas Anderson and Michael Bowman. Okay. Which is his only cinematography. Oh, wow. Film. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to start doing cinematography, this is, this is a good start, man. Apparently he was a uh, director of photography on uh, a couple of his films though. Cool. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really love the cinematography in this. I love the lighting in this. This is one of the best like this movie lit. Looks so good. Yeah, this is like one of the best lit movies of 2021, and probably like just recent cinema. Like, I it looks amazing. Just cinema, Rabbi. <laughs> yes. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think this should have won best original screenplay. I think it works really in a really interesting way uh in a kind of unconventional way like you yeah. don't usually get movies like this nowadays this except is kind of like, except for from pta yeah i, I was like... about to say this is kind of like i don't want to say it's not like that experimental but it's just a hangout movie in a more genuine sense than i've seen in a long time yeah, I, don't, so. I, I don't know because i haven't watched like that many of paul thomas anderson's movies yeah. i've only seen yeah. three and they're all recent ones <laughs> yeah not, not any of his yeah like late career stuff um yeah. but uh like paul thomas anderson is one of the only people i've seen pull off film structure like this and he uses <laughs> film structure like this quite frequently yeah he uses it to different effect but he uses it quite frequently it's all usually about like dynamics pushing and pulling throughout like a non- specifically plot driven yeah, space exactly. of time it's all all of the events in the screenplay are like character driven but they don't all like it, like if you wrote down the plot points of licorice pizza you'd be like what we'll, we'll take like phantom thread is the same way yeah, if you phantom write down Thread's the, the plot way. lines of phantom thread it's just them just kind of <laughs> just doing stuff in there 
confession. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's like the plot of that, that's like most Paul Thomas Anderson. Actually, I think my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film, Punch Drunk Love, is one of his most plot driven movies. Well, yes, yeah, and I don't know because that's starting to get like slightly older. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know if his that's older like stuff, early two thousands. Yeah, I don't know if his, his older stuff is like that. I just know that like Licorice Pizza, Phantom Threat, and kind of to a decent extent, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, There Will Be um, Blood is a little more plot driven. Yeah, I think because it's based off of a book, yeah, but yeah. Um, it still does that very much not super just driving plot, very much <laughs> yeah. just focusing on character shifts of dynamics. Yeah, and man, they're just so they're, they're so interesting. It's so fun to watch. No, like, it's, just, it's a very <laughs> unique way to write a screenplay yeah. specifically. Yeah, and I, I haven't I haven't found another writer director who makes films like this, and that's part of the reason why his filmography has always been so special to me is because it, it doesn't feel like much else that I've seen before yeah it's so good but yeah i, I love the cinematography it's better though let's get that out of the way i don't know i think they're i think they're like on the same level i think technically yes phantom thread is probably a better film but i like them both a oh, lot but robbie <laughs> phantom thread has the hungry boy <laughs> that's true that's very true. I don't know. Phantom Thread is more of my scene than this. Yeah, it is. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I love the cinematography. Love the screenplay. Um, I love the performances in this too. Like I man, can't the believe performances are so good. I can't believe Alana has never been in like a movie before. <laughs> and and Cooper has been in like no this some was TV. Yeah, I was this about was to say his, this is first movie. This was his first movie, which is crazy. But like. Um, I mean, obviously, Alana has worked with Paul Thomas Anderson before. He's he's directed quite a few, I think, like two or three Heim uh, videos, like yeah. music videos. So they'd worked together before, but still, like this is this is an unprecedented performance quality from two basically newcomers. Yeah, it was both of their first movies, which is just like insane yeah. for the powerhouse That's performances crazy. they give from this, <laughs> right? Like, Honestly, Alana as a character and as a performance in this is one of my favorite characters and performances just in recent times in general. Right. Like, it's so good. Yeah, man, she's so good in this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else do I really love about this movie? It, like, I feel what like else do I really all of the love stuff, about this movie? <laughs> all of the stuff that I, like, want to pick out to, like, talk about about this is, like, just technical stuff, but... I, I don't Robbie know. only loves it for its technology. <laughs> I really love the soundtrack too. Like this is one of the few movies where I Soundtr I, soundtrack over score, Rabbi. I was about to say it's one yeah. of those movies that does that. I think I think this is one of the best like uses of that that I've seen because I, I honestly can't think of very many other movies that do this other than something like In the Mood for Love or something like that, where they don't have very much original music. Yeah. It's all just pre recorded stuff. But this is good. Like, this is one of the best soundtracks to just, like, listen to, even outside of the movie. And I think the songs all work really well, well even well, in again, the context I think, of the movie. I think a lot of what benefits that in general, take, like, again, um, take There Will Be Blood or mm -hmm. Phantom Thread. Um, <sighs> Phantom Thread scores. They're, they're on a very, they're on a very, <laughs> like grand or elegant scale yeah so it plays to the same kind of rhythm but it plays it with pretty much classical music like yeah. like more classical than you'd get from oh, a modern absolutely. film score yeah for both of those <laughs> um so this one takes that same kind of idea in terms of rhythm and pacing of music um but uses it just with 70s songs like it's yeah. literally the same kind of structuring of music <laughs> oh use. no it is it is um which again is really impressive and it works really well for setting the tone, especially of the movie. Yeah, absolutely.
there's just there's there's so much to love with licorice pizza like I, I i know a lot of people didn't really like it that much and i still am not sure why i think possibly because it's not as plot driven as a lot of movies yeah, that came out around I it i can't imagine mass audiences jiving with this very well i guess but it's just it's so good it's such a good exploration of like a coming of age in in a very literal sense yeah but it, I mean, there's a lot that plays into that. I yeah. Some stuff that I even wanted to talk about later in terms of stuff yeah. that I think is just interesting. Which uh, do you want to do? Want to start kicking into questions yeah, instead of yeah. you just rambling on about all the things you love? Yes. Like my... oh, but but wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. Yes. Grego. Greg. Okay, Greg is the best character. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you have any questions to 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 dive us a little deeper? Um. Shoot, I don't know. I assume you had one. Oh, I mean, I do. I just, <laughs> oh, okay. I just usually toss the baton to you first to see if you had anything. No, no. Uh, but um, I was thinking about this one a lot while we were... Well, not while we were watching the movie, because we didn't know we'd be recording while we were watching right. the movie. But after, <laughs> when we decided we were doing this last night, I was thinking about this a lot. Um, what is your favorite scene or sequence? Oh, man. Because that's, that's tough with movies. That's, so that's tough. tough with Paul Thomas Anderson I was about to say, that's said this so before. hard with Paul Thomas Because um, didn't we talk about There Will Be Blood? Yeah, we here? did an episode on There Will um, Be Blood. That was the season opener for yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to do that with stuff like this. Again, <laughs> with the way Paul Thomas Anderson structures his films. This one a little bit less so, because it's not as flowy as There Will Be Blood. There's very clear... It's it's Trumps. like a it's like a Family Guy episode. It's it's no. like, like no, the story isn't very no. linear. <laughs> no, <laughs> the story isn't very linear. But like each little act has an arc in it. Kind Ruby, of thing. you're gonna you're gonna be you're turning people <laughs> off to the movie. No, <laughs> they're not gonna watch it now. You've ruined it. It's 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 like an Odyssey film. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it's like an Odyssey. <laughs> um, but it, like it's got very clearly defined sections but it's not very i, I don't know how to say it <laughs> but anyway i don't know what do I'm you saying. have do you have a do you have a favorite scene or sequence <sighs> a favorite section there's, there's so many good ones um i feel like an obvious pick is the ending like because i think the final like running sequence and everything is really really good i love you gary it's the amazing <laughs> <laughs> the emotional payoff for the whole movie um it's interesting that you say that though because one of the biggest complaints i heard from people was that they did not like the ending you know they thought it was too rushed they didn't think it worked i mean i can see that i guess but like i don't know i i personally really like it but maybe that's just me yeah like like 90 percent. like even even something like uh Shifrilis, i just pulled up his review on letterboxd mm-hmm. uh he was like, I re- he really, really liked it, but uh, he didn't like the ending. He, he would re- would have rather they had like an ambiguous ending or something. I mean, that's fair, but like it, I don't know. It just makes emotional sense to me that right after like the wax stuff and stuff like that, like it makes sense for her to come rushing back to Gary. Well, like, well, I don't no, know. I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this. I think this ending works really well yeah. for what they're going for in the movie. Um, I just think a lot of people don't really jive with what they're going for in the movie. That's fair. Because um, I think a lot of people 
view this as a very traditional romance story. <laughs> it's not. Um, but it's not on any level. It's not a romance um, movie. I hate really, to break it to you. It's really not a romance movie. Uh, even though it's central, central centers. centers around like a romance. Uh, but, I mean, the romance is extremely questionable <laughs> throughout the entire movie for many reasons. Uh, yes. One of, one of which being the age gap, which which film tiktok freaked out about which i think is funny funny. but but the age gap is there for a reason though Mm because it very much plays into that kind of thing because i because you you say it's a coming of age film and i think that's kind of interesting because i would probably describe this as like an anti-coming of age film well it's a coming of age film in a different sense than what most coming of age films are because it's coming of age not only like as a teenager obviously with gary who's like the whole the whole uh, dynamic between Gary and Alana, which is the like thesis of this movie, is Alana is like stuck being younger when she's older, obviously, and Gary is stuck being older when he's younger. That like that's the whole yeah that's their whole dynamic. <laughs> um. But like in the sense that it's a coming of age movie, it's a coming of age movie for Alana. Yeah, but in it ha- it draws the wrong conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, because see, I think it plays in a lot to to um, kind of what what they were going for in that kind of feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm sounding terrible here. <laughs> uh, that kind of feel of like, and it it plays into the romance element in terms of stuff that kind of. Uh, relationship that's sudden and quick and kind of not recommended and really not great. Yeah. And it plays into that kind of feeling of using that as kind of a, like an allegory almost for growing up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really like interesting and that's why they get together in the end, in my opinion, uh, with the way they play that is it's not a super positive thing no that, that i was about to say it's an unhealthy as with most paul Thomas i was about Anderson to say films. take again the ending of phantom <laughs> thread it's the return to an unhealthy uh good feeling is yeah is the ending of the movie chasing chasing something that can't last exactly that won't last and that is not good exactly yeah <laughs> Um, which is why Punch Drunk Love is the best because it's good. <laughs> is it, Roby? Is he chasing something good? <laughs> I would say riddle so. me that. Micah, uh, Punch Drunk Love is so good. <laughs> that movie is so good. But yes, no, I agree with what you're saying. Okay, yeah. but you gotta Uno reverse the question back over to me. Yeah, because uh, I have not answered. I mean, I I didn't technically give an answer. I don't really know what I would pick. You, I, said, you said the ending. I said the obvious pick would probably be the ending, which then you were like, that is not the obvious pick. Well, no, I just said that's interesting because that is yeah. one of the things I've heard criticized yeah, most. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think, Mike? Uh, I think, like just just viscerally off of off of like my straight. <laughs> slap me in the face asking me what my favorite scene yeah. would be i'd probably honestly say the stretch um kind of midway through the beginning okay. um when gary and alana are first like kind of pushing back and forth against each other like with all of like the lance stuff and um kind of the growing into i don't, I don't know just the the beginning kind of of okay. the, of the dynamic i guess i could see that yeah I don't, I don't know i think i think that's a lot of where i feel like it's setting up its themes the best and it really feels like the energy of the movie is working really well the pacing is really great it's really funny right it's, 
did we talk about this is a really funny movie uh, as with as with all paul thomas anderson films like no matter what they're billed as they keep they keep be, <laughs> they keep <laughs> turning into comedies whenever i watch them <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna be that way for stuff like magnolia but <laughs> like phantom thread is so funny and this is too <laughs> i hate to break it to you <laughs> uh, but, but yeah Nice. Yeah, no, that's probably my favorite stretch of the film in general. Fair enough. I think uh, fun shout out to the Sean Penn like sequence. <laughs> that that's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's so interesting <laughs> because like like really, if you think about it, it really like the movie just breaks down into these weird disconnected bubbles that mm-hmm. are very connected. I was about to say, well, like I said, this is such a dynamic driven film that all it throws in. And it, like I mentioned, it's kind of like an Odyssey film because basically the entire movie is just Alana and Gary interacting with all of these like different figures in their lives. Char- characters from the from the childhood of PTA. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because you got like Sean Penn's character and uh, Bradley Cooper's character and um, Lance. <laughs> yeah. See, I feel I feel like the problem with this film that a lot of people didn't like jive with it. Uh huh. Um, is that I think it's a really deeply personal film to Paul Thomas Anderson. Like this plays I that think, would make sense. directly into how he felt growing up as a child. Yeah. And growing up in that area. And like I feel like that comes across a lot when you're watching the film and when he talks about the film. Like he's like, I feel like if you just don't get it, then you just don't get it. Like this is this is <laughs> Yeah. I feel like this film was made like solely for him. Good. Um, <laughs> every every filmmaker should make films for themselves. <laughs> that's my conclusion. But I feel like that's almost to its downfall in certain ways in terms of communicating stuff well to the audience. I guess I don't know. I just I I've never I, like I any time that I've watched it, and I know like this is very subjective, but I've never had a had trouble like connecting emotionally or even like just intelligently with. A scene or part of this movie because well, it's... the first time I watched this movie, uh-huh. I had no idea what to make of it. <laughs> like, like we got out of theaters and I was like, I do not know if I even liked. That. And see, I know a lot of people were like that, but I like I walked out of the theater. I'm like, that was that that, that might be my new favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I loved it so much, you know. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> like like because it's so. I don't know. It's, it's a very odd movie. It's shallow, but extremely in-depth. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of sums up what the movie is going for. But at the same time, it makes a viewing experience that can either be fantastic or terrible, just depending on how you engage with the movie. Yeah. What you draw from the movie. Because it's very up in the air on what you can draw from it in general. That is true, yeah. And see, my first experience with it, I think, is probably the best case scenario. Like, watching it by yourself... And just having the chance to, like, kind of be lost in the world the same way uh, the characters are. Yeah. Like, you're not quite sure what to make of, like, Sean Penn's character when he first comes <laughs> on the screen. You're like, wait a minute. But, like, I don't know. I, I think, I, I don't know. I just, I just love, like, all of the little moments in this. All of the yeah. fun little no, character I mean, moments I, and beats. And, I agree. Yeah. But, like, it's it's just such an interesting <laughs> film in my mind. Yeah. Because at the same time, it feels like, to me, even though I love this movie and I gave it five <laughs> stars and everything, there's something, like, d- deep inside while I'm watching the movie that feels like something doesn't click, but yet it really clicks. That's fair. Like, like it's it's a, it's a kind of the, the way the, the entire movie feels with all of its different elements. 
they feel like they're like pulling and pushing against each other in a way that's like the film is about to fall apart into shambles <laughs> yeah. but yet it's working really well yeah i could see that and no it, de- it definitely has a very like i don't know it, it very what's the word i'm looking for I don't want to say stilted, a very, like, chunky kind of feel to it, if that makes sense. I mean, sense. I would kind of say it's a little stilted. Not yeah. that its dialogue is stilted, but that the movie itself feels, like, slightly not in a bad way <laughs> No, not in a bad way. Like, it's 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 kind of mesmerizing, like, as a movie. Yeah, I, I described <laughs> it every time I finished watching it as addictive. Like, yeah. Like, purely addictive because like i'll finish the movie and be like wow gotta watch that's, it again. that's, that's <laughs> interesting and then like two minutes later i'll be like man i wish i was still watching that yeah right no the moment i finished it in in the theater when i watched it for the first time i was like i gotta watch that again man but again maybe maybe paul thomas anderson is a genius because all of these things that i'm talking about literally play into the themes of the movie right <laughs> maybe maybe this movie is like on every level it's themes man it's just it's so good (laughs) i'm just gonna keep saying it's so good um let's let's uh let's get into another question i have i have a couple questions in the bank but i'm gonna save one for closer to the end because all right it's gonna be an interesting talking point for for this one uh i want to ask uh what do you think of the characters of like the movie like the individual characters throughout um Um, what what do you mean because like because like when i watched this with Haley, um one thing that she noted and i was like yeah that's pretty it's pretty much true uh there's like not a single good person in this entire movie (laughs) even even alana makes like nothing but questionable decisions oh no i I wasn't gonna argue that alana was a good person gary gary like alana's the most likable person going on here besides like random side characters greg like (laughs) no like i i'm saying like out of the main Main, focused characters um like, That's fair. There's okay. the, and and I know a lot of people have commented on the fact that uh, you know, uh, PTA has daddy issues, as with all of, great directors. And a lot of and a lot of the things that go into this movie are the fact that there's like not a single good male like like male example to Gary, but like what do you what do you think about the character of Gary Valentine and and Alana Kane? As, I don't know, man. Like they're they're so captivating because as I mentioned, they're like these paradoxes of people they're both trapped in a lifestyle that they can't thrive in like they can't be healthy in yeah and they both love it which (laughs) which is crazy um but like i don't know it's it it, they're just really fun to watch because as i mentioned the the performances are great uh as characters i think because they're so well-defined in what their wants and problems are like the whole want versus need kind of thing there it's so like blatantly obvious what gary (laughs) needs and what alana needs but it's not what they want at all and it's not what the movie exactly it's not what the movie gives them it's it just makes them so captivating to watch because you're like (laughs) 
<laughs> no, this is not. Yeah, this is not right. It, it, I don't know. Like this entire movie feels this way to me. I don't know how to describe. It. They're barreling towards self-destruction, but yeah. it's like a barrel that you have to watch. Exactly. You you can't look away. It's like a car crash you can't look away from. Yeah, You're like this like, is gonna end so terribly. But for it's like them. so it's so pleasant, and and you and you yeah. almost half wish by the end of the movie that it that it could be something that could happen, even though it it in itself is not something I would ever endorse. Exactly. Again, like like the movie is like playing with you the entire time in terms of their relationship mm-hmm. um until like pretty much manipulating you into wanting them to get together even though it's a terrible decision <laughs> no i think alana's character and especially and i mean i i would argue that alana is definitely the main character no alana, alana is the main character um but alana is such a captivating portrait of like exiting teenagehood yeah and not wanting to enter adulthood because she's still seeking like um what's the word i'm thinking of uh not just general affection but uh acceptance yeah like acceptance from, from like younger people. from like children yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. From, from teenagers the whole the whole <laughs> i don't need you to tell me i'm cool speech is like the, the uh epitome of well, what i'm talking well, yeah, about pr- here. throughout the entire movie yeah. her character not only is set up as feeling like she has no purpose mm-hmm. except for to be around people who like you know think she's interesting exactly yeah. uh, but like wrestling with that the entire movie the fact that every time she actually thinks about what she's doing with her life she <laughs> finds it kind of disgusting yeah exactly um, oh man i love a lot of like <laughs> paul thomas anderson's main characters are always so great <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, there's a lot of, a lot of my favorite scenes, like individual, I guess they're not, cause that's the problem. They're not even like full on scenes. So I can't be like, that's one of my favorite, but like moments in the film right. or when it's, when it's like quiet moments with Alana and maybe like one of the, like one of the sisters or something. Yeah. And they're just like retrospective about what she's even doing with her life. Right. Why she's hanging out with a bunch of like 12 year olds. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, just other other than Gary, like Gary, interesting for the same reason. Well, not like the exact same reason, obviously, but interesting for the same reason, because you just constantly see him reaching for some form of stability and success, even though he's only 15 years old. Yeah, not, not only that, though, his constant, the, the Gary grind set. <laughs> the Robbie, Gary grind set, exactly. Uh, That's what the whole premise of the again, movie is. Again, it, it kind of plays <laughs> around the fact that, again, there's, like, no good examples of what Gary is even trying to be. Mm-hmm. Like, like, every person that he runs into that's around him is either a terrible person that he looks up to <laughs> right, or a terrible person that he doesn't look up to yeah like like take um take a bradley cooper's character i forget his name yeah i can remember his um name. even though he's a real person <laughs> a real person in real life <laughs> which a lot of the characters in this movie are which is so um, weird to me but, like i don't know <laughs> but like I, I was thinking about this yesterday when we watched it i was like in a lot of ways i feel like his character is very similar to gary like in a, in a, Bradley in an Cooper, abs- yeah, in an abstract. Oh yeah, sense. no, I would say so. Actually, I would say he's the most similar yeah, he's character the most to similar, Gary, and Gary movie. is like disgusted by him. Yeah, Gary can't stand him. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, which again, I think is interesting to play into that. But even take uh, Jimmy or whatever his name was, like who, who? the restaurant owner. Oh, okay, yeah. Also placed on a reversal, which I which I wanted to talk about <laughs> later. Oh um, man. Uh, but like 
he does i think i think the character of gary i've seen different people argue this through different ways i think gary does as a character look up to him oh yeah definitely um, yeah which is not a good thing uh and he's kind of he's kind of <laughs> shooting for that version of success that isn't a real thing yeah and again Gary's father isn't mentioned in the entire movie, really. <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> uh, and he's not present at all. So he has all of these examples of people around him that he's looking for some sort of stability. I mean, his mom is mm-hmm. barely even there. Um, she's, again, for 90% of the film, off in, like, Vegas or something. Uh, so yeah. it's just him yeah. and Grego. <laughs> Grego. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I, I think, yeah, it, it plays into a really interestingly different dynamic to Alana because Alana is very much like kind of going slow through life. And like you said, Gary is like speeding through. He's got to go at breakneck pace or it kind of falls apart. I heard um, the illusion of his life kind of disappears. <laughs> David Elric, uh very popular reviewer for those who don't know who he is um most people very i was about to say most people don't like his opinions in my circle but i think he's i think he offers a really good insight i really like his review for this movie um he he said i think he uh, described gary as like 15 going on 35 (laughs) and i'm like yes that's that's like the entire thesis of gary valentine Uh, but yeah, no, um, if we're talking not like Gary or Alana, though, I think all of the other side characters are just, they, they function mostly as just extensions or extreme caricatures, caricatures, caricatures. Yeah, I was about to say, because that, that's <laughs> one of the things of, I wanted to get to. Of their characters. Because like, I was about to yeah. say, like, 90% of the, the main plot side characters, mm-hmm. like Bradley Cooper yeah, like Bradley or Cooper. Sean Penn yeah. or uh, Benny Safdie, <laughs> like, all of them yeah. play very interestingly into the dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about to say, they're all, they all represent different things that Gary and Alana are aspiring to be. And usually they're not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, man, this movie, it, it's just so captivating thematically. Like, you could pick apart all of the different stuff here, which is why I described it like an odyssey. You know? Yeah, it's very weird. It's very, <laughs> like, I don't know. I it, It's so good, and I yeah. really love the film, but it is very, like, unique and weird. Absolutely. And the yeah. way it delivers all of its themes and moments and character beats, because, like, like I said, like, pretty much <laughs> everything about this film kind of layers together into its themes, and yeah. that's really impressive. Like I said, it should have won best Because it almost doesn't work, <laughs> is, you know? No, like you like you mentioned, it feels like if one thing went wrong in, on its screenplay, it would have just crumbled. <laughs> like, no, and, like... and again, that also plays into, the, I don't know, it's very interesting. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of the running scenes? What do you think that? What do you think those, like, because because that's a that's a common theme throughout. So you have, you have Alana running to Gary when he's arrested. Mm-hmm. You have Gary running to Alana when she is thrown off the bike. Um, I don't know because, I mean, like the running scenes are obviously very important. Like that's how they end the movie, um, and it, it really just kind of. I, I would say, in my my personal take on the on the film, I would say it kind of plays into what we were talking about earlier. They're both chasing something that they can't attain, which is why the running sequences are so. Um, they're always like stylized. They always have the music playing behind them. They're always very uh, energetic and fast and uh, aimless. I would say. Yeah. Um, 
because basically all, every time one of the running sequences happens, they're always chasing uh, something they can't have. Well, yeah, like, let's yeah. say they're chasing, they're chasing what they think the other person has, exactly. what they think the other person will offer them. Because again, exactly. yeah. Alana thinks that Gary will offer her that that acceptance and kind of coolness and like young feeling exactly. that she wants. Yeah. And Gary thinks Alana will essentially offer her age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the maturity and stuff, but neither of them have what they're chasing, which I but that that's my that's my very basic like first year film student reading of the running <laughs> sequences. Well, no, I, I I just think it's very interesting cuz those are like supercharged scenes. Oh, like they're they're so, good. They're so like my goodness, man. powerful scenes. Shout out to the cinematographer. <laughs> Um, oh, they they really stand out in my yeah. mind, but yeah. uh, they're very they're very interesting in terms of how they play because I feel like every single thing just kind of plays into this very simple idea of mm-hmm. throughout the film, yeah. And it grows and it kind of wanes and it kind of shows through different lenses, but it's all kind of building towards the same conclusion, mm-hmm. and then it kind of throws <laughs> you into something that like and i think that's what people kind of lose this film a little bit on Mm -hmm. not me personally but like again the film is barreling towards a single conclusion that this is not good or healthy or works um but at the same time it's kind of infecting you with how fun it is and how energetic all the performances are and how funny it is and how bright and colorful and amazing it looks yeah um and it kind of throws you into this bundle and then quickly kicks it all out from under you by having them just finally end and run off. Yeah, and I mean, it the movie itself is kind of like a delusion, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if that if that makes any sense. Like it, it like sucks you in and you're like, Oh yeah, this is this is great. And then you realize like the whole time that the thing that the movie like the the thing that all the characters want it, it's never gonna happen you know yeah and even when even when they run off and the credits roll <laughs> it's, it's, man yeah. I still can't believe people don't like the ending of this <laughs> it's, it's so good it just wraps it up like it, it summarizes the maybe movie really maybe well. they maybe they just don't like the I love you Gary line. <laughs> I love you Gary <laughs> I love you Gary <laughs> it's the weirdest line delivery in the whole movie I love and that it's like and it's like overlaid over the scene <laughs> I love I love that line delivery no it's great. <laughs> um do you have any questions before i get into that to that one question that i wanted to ask oh no i I would go ahead and get into it we're running Um, we're running down the clock here we're running pretty long uh (laughs) what do you think of the more kind of icky elements of the film either the age gap romance which some people i don't don't really think i think we've talked about that well i don't think i don't know Uh, i don't i've never i never viewed the age gap as like a problem but oh robbie Robbie, no in the movie in the context of the movie uh yeah because again that's heavily dealing with its themes that we've been talking about Uh, but like the the interesting inclusion of like the racism in it which was very present at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some interesting characters of different kinds of characters. <laughs> like like even the assistant for uh, Bradley Cooper's character. What's going on with that? <laughs> like what do you what do you think of these elements that have that, that rightfully so have gotten a lot of people uncomfortable by the movie? What do you mean just like I thought you were gonna. I thought you were saying like the more surreal elements of it. No, no. Like oh. the the elements that a lot of people think. Are, are problematic by today's problematic. standards. I don't know. I th- that brings up a whole discussion of 
whether media should depict unhealthy or like bad things like uh, like the whole uh you can't make a war movie without glorifying war in combat yeah. and stuff like that um that brings up a whole topic of discussion like should cinema try and portray a ideal version of life or should it do something else entirely yeah, yeah. and and i think it's interesting because like the only the only heavy bit of racism you get in this movie is done around a real life person who yeah. is actually extremely racist it, i um, mean it, it it's but i have a very mixed feeling on that specifically because yes i would i would defend its use in this movie i'm like yeah it's a real person obviously it, it really helps highlight in a very real way the problems with this man that Gary obviously looks up to. Yeah, that, that he, the, the elements that are really bad that he idolizes. But really the cultural context that this is released under, like there's been more uh, hate crimes and stuff towards uh, just Asian people in general recently than yeah. like, uh, n- not ever, obviously, but yeah. it, it's definitely a, a problem right now. Yeah, no. Um, so I think... If this was released, like, I don't know, I don't know when a good time, like, just not now. No, I, I think it's interesting in general, because, yeah. again, I agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah. it plays into that that un- unhealthy dynamic that it's kind yeah. of going for. But I think at the, same the movie's time, justified in using it. At the same time, I don't but... think it really comes off yeah. as, gr- like, I'm always uncomfortable. I mean, you should be uncomfortable yeah, in those scenes. <laughs> if you're so. not, oh boy. But, like, I'm uncomfortable in its inclusion in the film. Like, yeah, like exactly. I, I, like, I don't think i think it could have worked without it so i understand because yeah. paul thomas anderson commented on it and, and pretty much said like i said before how he's commented with most of the film he's like if you don't if you if you don't understand what it's going for then like what i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah and i think that's clearly what it's going for because like again gary is literally in the background of the scene and like specifically shown as that yeah as, like watching this encounter go on mm-hmm. for every time that he does these insanely racist horribly racist things Um, (laughs) but i just don't like i don't know it is one part of the film that really kind of i don't know yeah i don't know like i would argue on a fundamental level that people should be able to put whatever they want in a movie (laughs) just just for the sake of filmmaking on in on the whole i don't think people should police uh what people put in movies i think they should definitely criticize if they're endorsing the ideals presented, obviously. Yeah. The whole, the, the classic um, Scorsese gangster thing, the I endorse the actions of every character in my movie. <laughs> um, like, obviously, I think if you don't acknowledge that, you're sucking out a lot of the subtlety in film analysis Ooh. and film criticism on the whole. I mean, I, I agree with that, yeah. but I'm, what I'm saying with this but is yeah. this is not a film that talk, that tackles the racism of the 70s No, much. it doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't tackle anything of, of the harm that it does to any of the actual two Asian characters in the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think its depiction is justified, but I wish that it commented more on the problems it's bringing up like the age gap obviously yeah is a bad idea so think, and not good and illegal <laughs> i think i think it i think it just kind of uses uses it mm-hmm. which i think is my biggest it doesn't yeah. use it for like anything to actually do with it it just uses it yeah and that's what it kind uses of... it to illustrate something rather than it, it doesn't really comment on it as a thing it's just like, oh, we're gonna use this to illustrate something. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the thing that kind of bothers me about its use. 
Um, again, it doesn't detract too much from the film because I think it's yeah. clearly what they're going for is for you to be extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> if if you're not uncomfortable, get some help. It might be, it might, you might be a little racist. <laughs> you might be a lot heck? racist. You might be a lot racist. But it's it's still at the same time kind of makes me kind of feel icky because it's using it specifically just to just for the fact to be like oh look at gary looking up to the wrong people yeah instead of uh, instead of doing anything with that no i can see that i in that i i mentioned before i think they should be able to depict whatever they want in movies yeah um, i mean i, I again but, i agree yeah no i was gonna add a but <laughs> um i think uh, anyone who chooses to include something that's very hateful or just very regressive and bad, obviously, um, should be very careful where they tread yeah. because uh, there's a very good chance that uh, someone will misinterpret it or something like, and obviously that's going to happen no matter what, but I don't know. It's, I but, wish, I wish licorice pizza would bring up stuff like this and have more to say on it than just like oh this is bad right <laughs> yeah like I, I wish it i wish it either like brought it up more or didn't use it at all because it doesn't like the racism doesn't play into no. the thing and, and again, this movie doesn't really touch on racism at the, at the at time all. at the time would it that it's going for mm -hmm. the white kids in la wouldn't have even cared <laughs> again they wouldn't have even noticed yeah they would, they would have done like nothing so I don't see how it plays into anything going into that. Again, other than the fact that it's communicating to the audience that he's looking up to the wrong people. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird tightrope kind of thing. I it it's not really like a loss, but it's not really a win. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. I don't know. I don't I don't like its inclusion. I would rather it wasn't there. Yeah, I guess I would. I would probably agree. That's that's one of my. That's one of the only things in the whole movie that I would just actually change. That's fair. Because I think I think in the way it's presented, it's not doing enough to not say that. Like to say that it's actually fully justified as an inclusion, even though it like it's justified to be in there. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's justified in the fact to present that kind of thing without doing anything with it. Yeah, that's fair. I I don't like uh, I don't think it's as big of a problem as you do obviously. I mean, it, I still gave the movie yeah, five yeah. stars. I still think it doesn't. I I don't think it detracts because again, it is what the movie is going for mm -hmm. in terms of making you uncomfortable and showing it as a problem. Yeah. But I just I don't know. I wish it did it differently. That's fair. Yeah. But that that was the that was the big question. That was like, the question <laughs> I was saving for the because I was no I was fair, I was curious yeah. on yeah. how the discussion would go on it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I didn't really say much of anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it, licorice pizza in the in the end, the conclusion. It's a very interesting movie. <laughs> yeah, it's one that's hard to define, which yeah. is why we've kind of been rambling around this episode. Yeah, um, it's hard to it's hard to fit into a little box of a film because it's so unique as a film mm -hmm. on its, uh, in itself. Yeah. And where almost every element of the film, even on its production and pacing level play into the themes that that kind of feel extremely deeply personal to almost a weird level for paul thomas anderson right yeah um again like my mom says every time we watch a pta movie 
I fear for his childhood. <laughs> right. Yeah. PTA. If you're if you're not going to a therapist already, go to a therapist. <laughs> is my is my recommendation. Um. So it's it's just a very interesting and addictive and fun and troublesome and interesting and beautiful movie. Yeah. Movie of the year. I would argue. I would argue the best film of 2021 that I've seen. Oh, I don't remember what it's I qualified so good, as the man. best film of 2021. It's so good. I think I might. I think I still think I might <laughs> like Tragedy of Macbeth more than it. Oh yeah, that Tragedy of Macbeth. I have Swan Song at number two, actually, yeah, which is interesting because I would assume you'd put West Side Story maybe at, at number oh, one. Here, hold, hold on. I was gonna pull <laughs> up what was that year because I didn't remember what all came out that year. Man, Old was that year. Pig was that year. Nightmare Alley. 2021 was stacked. Man, man. That, that, those movies Dune, are so Rebby, Dune. Dune is amazing. What? Yeah, my top my top <laughs> of, of 2021's like I have I have six five stars. Yeah. Dune, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, Pig, and Tragedy of Macbeth. All great. I mean that's um that's pretty much my top eight. Um old is up there too. Um but yeah, no, man. I love Licorice Pizza. Good year for cinema. People, people are like cinema cinema doesn't happen anymore you're wrong did you guys go see paul thomas anderson's licorice pizza <laughs> uh but yeah no i mean I, I i exited the theater of this movie and i was like i'm gonna stick that in my top 50 <laughs> how yeah, about that I, I don't know because it's interesting because most people i've talked to even Haley, when i watched this with her mm-hmm. most people have exited the movie with that kind of i don't know what to make of that yeah. feeling I don't know, man. I, I think it's probably it probably has something to do with where I am in my life. I, it's it speaks to me in a very real way because I'm 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 transitioning out of teenage at the you're, moment. You're, you're you're out of the teenage years. I would, you're I no would longer say so. a teenager. Yeah. It's and I don't know. I think I think Licorice Pizza came at the right time for me. No, that's that's good. Good, good movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's that's really all I have to say about it. Uh, check it out. Form your own opinion. Yeah, form on your this own one. opinion. This one's, on this it. one's definitely one that weird I think movie. <laughs> it, it needs to be viewed under a more like different lenses and different um, perspective. I was about to say this, this is a good film school movie. Cause you can, you can look at it through a lot of different lenses. You can look at it culturally, like now when it was released, you can look at it as a period piece, which it's a very interesting period piece too. Yeah. <laughs> like we didn't even talk about the fact that no, it's we like didn't. set in the seventies and the way it interacts with the culture of that is really interesting and cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you can view it under so many lenses and it's, it's kind of a fascinating movie. I like yeah, it a lot. So definitely, definitely go check it out. Cause Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, two people who actually <laughs> share pretty similar opinions yeah i was uh, about to say we have very similar so, tastes in art and stuff so uh i suppose being brothers growing up watching the same stuff will do that to you yeah um but uh go watch this go yeah, go, go listen go listen to other people uh, who, who have different voices on this uh for Absolutely, especially yeah. the racism stuff i would find actual <laughs> you know asian people i was about to say <laughs> instead of just like the most basic white guys on earth <laughs> To hear what they have to say about the movie because I've watched several different things from different cultures and talking about how they feel about this movie and it's very interesting yeah. the way different people will break it down yeah because again it's this an is, interesting movie this is the kind of movie that you can take a million different ways so yeah, yeah. check it out cool movie um if you're old enough to watch it as we mentioned it is rated R um yeah, if you're old enough to see it I recommend it it's, yeah it's good <laughs> definitely uh, but yeah, let's let's um, move the podcast along and talk about what what else we what watched. What else we watched this week? All right. So for those of you who do not know or are <laughs> new to the podcast, the what we watched segment is a tiny 
you're supposed to be tiny little section at the end where a dog barks. Uh, no, I don't think you can really hear. <laughs> I don't think you can hear it. Um, where we talk about all of the movies that we've watched since our last episode. Usually, pretty briefly, we just say our ratings and a couple brief thoughts about them. Yeah, uh, we are starting from the twentieth, or rather the twenty-first, unless we've. Oh yeah, you have something. So yeah, the twentieth. Uh, so let's kick Ooh. off because we've been going on for already a while. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Uh, on the 20th, I took, I took out my library card and I, I checked out a DVD copy of All About Eve, which I found out was one of the highest rated films on Letterboxd, which I think is earned, honestly. <laughs> um, it was great. I loved it. Uh, the performances are incredible. The screenplay is amazing. Uh, it, stone cold masterpiece, man. The fifties are kind of unmatched <laughs> as like a decade of film, <laughs> but yeah, all about Eve. I gave it a, uh, 10 out of 10, five stars, baby. Uh, then Good on stuff. the, then on the 21st, <laughs> uh, I watched Scooby-Doo and the witch's ghost. <laughs> of course. Uh, one of one, another one of the Jim Sinstrom run of Scooby-Doo films. Stone cold masterpiece. Uh, um, <laughs> it was, it was really, it was really good. Um, I, I, I really loved it. It's one, it's probably my second favorite Scooby-Doo film now behind zombie Island. The other, another Jim Sinstrom yeah, one. Zombie Island's great, um, man. <laughs> it's got so much of a darker tone than most Scooby-Doo films and it takes itself like weirdly, like not serious, but seriously, <laughs> like it balances its tone so well. Its villain is really cool. Tim Curry gives an outstanding performance. Nah, Tim Curry. I, lo- I love his performance in this. The nice. animation looks great. It's super Halloween-y. It's probably one of the most like <laughs> Halloween feeling of any of the Scooby-Doo movies. Nice. It's really well written and paced, and I, I don't know. It's really, really good. Uh, I give it a four and a half. Nice. Uh, on the 21st, I watched uh, a little movie called The One, which is a 2001 action film. Uh, I wanted to try and watch more multiverse movies, uh, given the popularity of Multiverse of Madness and, you know, everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I should visit some other multiverse movies. So I found this one and it was pretty good. A uh, James Wong movie, right? Yeah, no, my first James Wong movie. I, <laughs> I really want to see Final Destination. <laughs> uh, but this is this is an interesting introduction to his work. Um, cause I know a lot of people don't think it's that great. I think it's a lot of fun, uh, just as an action movie. Uh, and I, I think I said in my review, I said, yeah, it's definitely fun, but it doesn't have anything really pushing it past that. Like it's, it, it's got a cool premise, cool action, fun performances, and that's it. Like that, that's yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> Everything else ranges from bad to mediocre to just fine, you know? Um, but I gave it a three and a half. I thought it was fun. Uh, then also on the 21st, we watched Dreams by Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, on baby. On my Criterion. Akira Kurosawa. Uh, Every, everyone loves Akira Kurosawa. I, I love Dreams. <laughs> I love Dreams. Let's, let's talk about it. It's so good. Dream, wanna... Dreams is fantastic. I think every director that I like is should be required to make a movie like Dreams. Call Dream, me crazy. Dreams is probably one of my favorite films right now. Um, it, this is really my kind of filmmaking, honestly, yeah. though. Yeah. I really love just kind of slow um subtle very atmospheric filmmaking yeah um and i think this this, this is a movie, very understated movie yeah this really hit a hit yeah. a strong chord with me it makes me really emotional i almost cried like through 90 percent <laughs> of it both times i've watched it now um and i don't even know why <laughs> it feels like a borderline spiritual experience watching this man. right good stuff uh, i love it five stars beautiful movie um i said like uh, that it's kind of enthralling to see someone who's mastered their craft like Kurosawa has just make like a bunch of short, like basically an anthology film 
about their dreams. Like, yeah, <laughs> just seeing someone who has such a inherent mastery of film as a medium, like they just understand how yeah. to use it correctly. Uh, it's it. I don't know. It's and great, I, and I understand some criticisms of it. <laughs> oh yeah, because absolutely. it's very repetitive it's in certain ways. But yeah. uh, I don't care. <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, segments were the Blizzard and uh, Mount Fuji in Red. Those were both really good. The Blizzard, the Crow. Oh yeah, that, that um, is good too. The, what is the the, the the village one is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I gave it a four and a half. Loved it. Great stuff. Uh, then that night, deep into the night, <laughs> Later uh, that we night. did our Criterion double feature, yeah. and we watched True Stories. Well, you see, Dreams is one of Micah's favorite movies that he just started watching, and True Stories is one of my favorite movies that he just started watching. So we got it. We had to. We had to exchange <laughs> we had criteria. To exchange criteriums. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, True Stories. Uh, David Byrne's directorial debut, I believe, is no. Well, his I only movie. I think. Yeah, I guess his only feature length film. You know, in a, in that sense. Um, but yeah, no, uh, very good. True story. Yeah, it was. It's it. very interesting. I really liked the direction actually. It's such a and cool there's, movie. There's so much to really love about this movie. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, like for me, it didn't work <laughs> as well as I would have liked because it feels like it's really lacking substance overall. Like by the end of the movie, it that. felt like it was just a couple things doing a couple things. Like it didn't. It had no oomph behind it, which I was really hoping oh. is what it would build towards because the sequences, the scenes, they're funny, they're good, they're energetic, the performances are great, it's colorful. I did not expect David Byrne to be such a good director. <laughs> it had, this movie has such like a well-defined direction and tone to it. Yeah, I mean, when it's especially, and I mean, David Byrne has always been good at this, but yeah. when it uses its like propaganda stuff too that's so good i love i love those scenes i said it's basically a talking heads album as a movie which i mean that's that's essentially what it is yeah um but i think that it's great i just wish i just wish it had more meat on its bone yeah but i gave it a four and a half nevertheless Uh, i gave it a five this is my second time watching it baby uh, then, then on the 22nd, uh, I watched uh, Scooby-Doo Shaggy Showdown. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is one of the later Scooby-Doo movies I'm, I wanted to watch. I didn't want to watch this one that much, but I want to watch all of Scooby-Doo <laughs> film. I just heard it wasn't very good. Uh, and lo and behold, it was not very good. It was not good. very good. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it wasn't very funny. It feels like kind of weirdly racist in some ways. Uh, like there's Not racist Scooby-Doo. There's some <laughs> weird stuff in it. That I'm just like, why is this here? Why, what? It hates it hates goth girls for some reason too. Uh, it, it's just it's it, kind of funny. And like somehow, somehow it drops the ball on the absolutely insanely good premise of Shaggy takes the gang to meet his relatives, <laughs> of which his great grandfather, I think, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, is a famous outlaw who is now a ghost and they That's look such a good e- they look exactly the same <laughs> yeah it's so cool and yet they it's terrible Aww. uh i gave it two stars all right uh on the 22nd i watched uh hannibal burris live from chicago <laughs> which was a pretty good stand-up special i had listened to it like i don't know like 15 times so i finally watched it for the first time and you know his delivery very good. <laughs> I, I'll Hannibal take Burris. Hannibal Burris, funny guy. Well, I, mean, that's I gave a, it a that's four. That's a bit five. controversial. I don't know if you could say. <laughs> it's 
funny. Uh, then on the 23rd, uh, I watched Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders, another Jim, Jim Sandstrom movie. Actually, that means that was the last one that I hadn't seen. I have now seen 100% of Jim Sandstrom's filmography. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He completed his work. He did guy. four films. <laughs> he did four movies. Um, this one <laughs> is kind of on a similar level to Cyber Chase. It's it's good, but it's not like the greatest. Like it's Fair. it's It's a perfectly great Scooby-Doo movie. Hmm. Um, there you go. It's fun. It's funny. It's got great animation. It's got fun set pieces, side characters. Uh, it, like it's it's just everything that you would want from a Scooby Doo movie. I do want to say though, and I forgot to mention this on my uh, uh, Witch's Ghost one because the Witch's mm-hmm. Ghost more so than this one. I mean, most Scooby Doo movies have Japanese animation influences, mm-hmm. and these were specifically done by a Japanese animation studio. <laughs> but Witch's Ghost half the time literally just looks like Lupin the Third. Good, <laughs> Lupin the Third looks great. <laughs> like it's it's so funny, especially the villain. He just looks like a Lupin the Third character. Nice. It's really it's it's great. I love it. Uh, but yeah, this one wasn't the most interesting premise. I've never been a huge fan of like aliens in the desert stuff, but it was it was still really good and really funny. All right, um, I give it three and a half. Uh, quick shout out. Uh, it's not like a feature length. It's just a short film. But I watched a, a day in Ghana with Kendrick Lamar, which should have been about two hours longer. <laughs> it needs um, to be an actual documentary, man. Yeah, no, but like it was just a fun little video. I thought I would mention it. I gave it a three and a half out of five. <laughs> Um, then on the 24th, uh, we, we gathered around the old television, the television set <laughs> and we, and we tuned it in <laughs> to Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. Yeah, baby. Uh, I was sick and didn't could barely comprehend watching the movie. Uh, so I don't have too much to say on it. I mean, it's a, it's a very easy to dissect movie. It's got, it's say. got great set pieces. That's what I'll say. Yeah. It's got a great opening, but I just really couldn't get into it because of how bad I was feeling. I, um, I think I summarized it pretty well in my review. I said, I think it's the weakest of the original, like Indiana Jones trilogy, but Spielberg is still just like such a master of directing action and action set pieces and stuff. That, like, it, it's almost impossible not to love, you know? <laughs> I love it, man. It's one. Of, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite Spielberg movies. I gave it a three and a half. I gave it a four and a half. Uh, then on the 25th, I watched Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Ayo. Um, this is one of the <laughs> Very oldest, old one of the oldest um, <laughs> Scooby-Doo movies out yeah. there. Because uh, they started the Scooby-Doo movies in the late 70s, and this one was That's done so old. Uh, in 88. Man. Um but this is this is the uh, Scooby Doo, Shaggy and Scrappy universe. <laughs> the one that, what is the, what is that one called? Um, I don't remember. The one think, where Shaggy has a red I think shirt. I think it's just Scooby and Scrappy or something like that. Yeah. Is the name of the show? I don't remember. But it's that universe, um, which is my first interaction with that universe. I've never seen Scrappy in anything outside <laughs> of. Uh, the 2002 <laughs> live action one. He is one. briefly featured in. Um, but he's exactly the same. It's crazy. I don't know. It's, Breadsword's insane for this. He was getting on to the live action's portrayal of Scrappy, but like he's the exact same. The, the, the live action one just does it in a more hateful way. I feel like I feel like I need to watch like the old scrappy content because he seems like such an interesting character. No, he is. He's so fun. And that's what I was going to say. I, I put it pretty briefly into my review here. Uh, the, the good stuff about this Scooby, Scrappy and Shaggy work really well together. Yeah. They're so much fun to watch. Uh, the animation in this movie is really fun. Uh, and there's a fun bit 
reoccurring where their car just does pretty much anything they need it to. <laughs> nice. Uh, but outside of that, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Uh, mainly because it doesn't focus on the three of them hardly at all. Like, it uses them Aww. as just a bridge to get to weird monster shenanigans. Like, the entire thing plays around a monster race in which the entire plot is Dracula, like, turns Shaggy into a werewolf to where they have a werewolf to where they can do the race because the other werewolf retired. But then he doesn't want him to do the race at all. Like, he doesn't That's want him to plot. do well. Yeah, so the entire thing is, like, first... Him turning Shaggy into That's a werewolf, funny. kidnapping Shaggy and gang, and then convincing him to jo- join this race. And then after he convinces him to join the race, the entire rest of the movie is just him trying to stop him from completing the race. It's really boring, it's really tedious, and it's not funny, and the side characters suck. It's not funny, which, and the side which, characters... Which really is disappointing, because I loved watching Scooby, Scrappy, and Shaggy. I was about to say, I watched, I like, obviously without any sound, but... I saw like some of the animation and stuff from this movie and it looked like a lot of fun. It just it just doesn't work <laughs> and it makes me sad. I gave it two stars. Uh, then also on the 25th, uh, I watched The Tragedy of Macbeth again. Very good movie. Uh, love this movie. So freaking good. <sighs> One of my favorite movies. I love Shakespeare. I love <laughs> I love the way that this is done. Uh, the performances are out like outstanding. I hate that people don't like this movie as much as I do. I give it five stars. Uh, also on the 25th, I watched Black Orpheus. Nice. Um, 50s French-Brazilian film. Uh, very Sounds good. Very weird. Uh, very interesting. Um, I like a lot of its elements. It's a really, really fun, engaging, relaxing, and kind of dream-esque film. And when it gets to be more bizarre and kind of... Um, metaphorical almost I think is when it really shines towards the end of the movie during its like creepy sequences it's it's really really cool Nice. but I also really really don't like the way it sexualizes like every adult like every adult character I thought it was just going to be really weird towards the women and then it was really weird towards (laughs) the men and I I think it's more just a creepy thing towards the Brazilian people that Uh, makes sense I was about to say I wonder why it's not more like gender based but I did a French director yeah, a French make director this? Made this. That a makes white more French sense. director made this. And yeah. again, that's why I say it's a really kind of hard one to dissect. Yeah. Because the filmmaking is really good and I really like what it's doing. But at the same time, I really understand why a lot of Brazilians don't like this movie I was about to say, that's a little... I, I haven't seen it, obviously. But like that, a French director doing a film about Brazilian people and their culture, like, in, what was this, the 50s? The 50s. Yeah, I could see that going very bad. And, like, and like, dude, it, it really <laughs> sexualizes every Ooh, adult character in man. the movie. And I'm like, oh, but why? <laughs> That's creepy. Stop doing that, please. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was, like, so it's, it's, a, it's a struggle. Because, again, it, and it's also based off of one of my favorite, like, myths and yeah. everything. And I think it's a really cool adaptation of that. And I think the performances are really, really great. <laughs> so it's it's just a big old ball of I don't know what to make of it fully. And I gave it four stars. Fair enough. Uh, then on the 26th, Rebbe, what did we watch? We watched uh, Frank Darabont's film The Mist, 2007, baby. 2007 The Mist from uh, the director of The Shawshank Redemption. Fun movie. Cool movie. movie. Cool movie. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I don't man. have too much to say on it. Yeah. Like I said, I thought it was a very interesting time uh, politically to be watching this movie. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. I mentioned in my review that it reminds me a lot of uh, 
the circle which is a 2015 yeah. film uh in the fact that it's really just uh sci-fi as a and and an apocalypse apocalypse situation as an exploration of other social problems obviously um but i think the mist does it really well yeah i, I love it I, I really love its horror sequences it's I really horror like, stuff i is really so much like fun. its use of character work and everything yeah. throughout the thing i like i like the way it plays with its themes and everything like that its ending is out like like uh, like insanely like i can't believe they reached for that ending <laughs> It's, I think it works pretty no, well. No, I think it works honestly. well. I just think it's insane that they <laughs> it's actually... kind of an unhinged that, choice. Yeah, that they went for that. Uh, <laughs> I would say that I, I wish it was a little tighter on a screenplay level. It gets kind of boring towards the middle for me. Yeah, that's it fair. Just, it just feels like it needs more oomph, it needs more it, I think it needs another element for to like kind of stir things up a little, because it gets kind of samey around the middle, but... You know, something very similar to this uh, <laughs> that I think pulls it off a little bit better is uh, Midnight Mass. <laughs> that, yeah, no, that's not a bad. That's not a bad comparison. Uh, Obviously, a much larger scale. Yeah, I was story, about to say, but, but it's seven hours. Yeah, so it has a little bit more time. <laughs> a little bit more time to parse things out. Uh, I gave it three and a half. I gave it a four. Uh, then we watched Licorice Pizza, which we just yes. discussed. We both gave, gave it, it a five, stars. maybe. And then afterwards, to prepare for what was supposed to be this episode, <laughs> we watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, it finally came on streaming, baby. Uh, this was a, this was a rewatch. We watched it in the theaters. Um, I loved it even more and second time, I, man. I still liked it. Not my favorite thing in the world. I, it's a very mixed bag. And, excuse me, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I gave it a three and a half as well. I gave it a four and a half. Whole star difference. I guess <laughs> yeah. we'll. I guess we'll have we'll have something to look forward to as the person who we're getting on the podcast to do the Multiverse of Madness episode also really loves it. Uh, so it's gonna be them praising it and me being like, but also this. So that'll be an interesting episode. Yeah. So you have that to look forward to. But that's what we watched this week. So we watched uh, Happy Birthday, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Happy Birthday, uh, Yossi. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. So they share a birthday. They share a so birthday. Very cool. He got he got to he got to see a screening of an Indiana Jones movie with Spielberg very and Lin Manuel cool. Miranda. Which Indiana Jones movie? I think it was Raiders. Probably Raiders. Raiders. But but with, with Spielberg, How cool Mr. Is that, Steven man? Spielberg, and Lynn manuel Miranda, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick up, Willems man. was in the theater. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Willems in the theater. He, he claims that Bill Hader <laughs> might have been there, but That's he's funny. not entirely sure. So I guess I guess he's really living it up in New York. I was about to say, happy birthday to Yossi, happy birthday to Paul Thomas Anderson, and uh, go watch some good movies. Go watch, go watch some good movies, go watch Licorice Pizza, go watch Tragedy of Macbeth. Go watch uh, Dreams. Go watch, ooh, go watch Dreams. Go watch All About Eve, too. Go watch Brain a bunch Eve. of Scooby-Doo films. <laughs> go watch Scooby-Doo movies. Do it. Uh, yeah. And we'll see you guys next week. Alrighty, yeah.